Hello, listeners. Have you missed us? We are back from exam season, and we have been super busy. Not only with studying for our exams because we're students, as you may know, but also a spring cleaning of Postcode Chronicles. We have been busy trying to get you better content and more of our great guests. We、uh, hope you enjoy this episode. It's good to be back. This is Postcode Chronicles, and I'm your host, Matt Falk. Hello, hello!、Uh, thank you for tuning in to Postcode Chronicles for this episode today. We are in the beautiful、uh, Mars Discovery District on,、uh, I think it is University and College, right in Toronto. And today we have our guest Adam Spence, the founder and director of the Social Venture Connect Connection、uh, SVX at Mars. He is also the co-founder of both the Mars Center for Impact Investing and the School for Social Entrepreneurs Ontario.、Uh, before his time at Mars, Adam was a executive director of the Ontario Association of Food Banks and a community leader, speaking out on issues related to education, poverty, and social finance. In 2002, Adam was awarded the Queen's Golden Jubilee Medal, and in 2012, he was named one of McMaster's University's 125 People of Impact. Welcome on the show. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah. It's、uh, yeah, pleasure to be able to chat with you. Excellent.、Um, before we get into you know your work,、um, let's talk about the person behind the organization. Let's talk about Adam.、Um, where did you grow up? Great question. So I actually I was born in Scotland,、um, okay. in、uh, Glasgow, and then we moved out west to Saskatchewan when I was two. And so I grew up mostly on the prairies. First in in Lumsden, so small town, Saskatchewan, two thousand people、uh, in the Capel Valley, and then in Regina, and then we moved to Hamilton or Stony Creek, Ontario. So that's where I went to high school, and then went off to university at McMaster. So bit of a journey, but a, a fun.、Mm-hmm. Man, I've never been. I've never even heard of that initial place you named in Saskatchewan. Where is that? So yeah, so Lumsden is.、Um, it's about thirty minutes, maybe an hour outside of of Regina, and、um, it is the one kind of dip in the prairies.、Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful part of the other world, and、um, and so they are well known for the Lumsden Duck Derby, and then up the road、uh, is the. Um, Big Valley Jamboree and and the Craven Fair, so it's it's a great part of the world. Wonderful people and um,、uh, yeah, a great place to be able to to grow up as a little kid. And I、uh, I'll, I'll have to remember that place when I do like a road trip or something. Totally, yeah. <laughs>、uh, uh, if Rankins is still there, that was the and the Pizza and Rest. Um, it's it's a good place to stop for sure. Oh,、uh, when you went to McMaster, would you take? Ah,、uh, so I went to Mac. I took geography, so urban studies.、Um, actually, was taking geography and history because I wanted to be a teacher. That's, you know, from into high school, I thought, what can I do? I can,、um, you know, be the people that I I thought were amazing. So I had the best teachers in in high school.、Um, they changed people's lives and、um, were changing the world as they did it as well. And so that's why I went to to Mac for geography and history. It sounds like I mean. Today you're working. You're you you're、um, I guess the founder of an impact investing organization, which is super different from being a teacher. <laughs> like, what was that? Seems like a huge leap or like a career change. Like, I guess what year did you graduate? 
Uh, so I graduated 2002. So 2002. Yeah. Adam just graduated, wanted to be a um, teacher. And then if like he saw you today, you know, like, <laughs> like it's such a huge change. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like totally. what happened between 2002 and today, 2019? Yeah. So I lost a bet. And, <laughs> uh, and so um, I went into finance. No, I'm just kidding. So I, um, uh, I started off, I was involved in kind of community organizing and um, student issues. And so I, I headed up an organization first with the student union at, at um, having master so the vice president of education and then went to head up a provincial organization work with students um, around access uh, to education uh, making sure that uh, persons living in poverty were able to be able to go on to college um, and, and university and then worked in, in trades and training so giving access and providing opportunities for people to go into work experience programs or get apprenticeships and so seeing education as a tool or a path for one's individual success and to move from a place oftentimes of, of deficit or poverty to one where they could change their lives. And that's part of the reason they got into doing geography, right? Is, is that, you know, it's, it's a life changing um, thing to be, to be a teacher, but also to change the places that we live. So they're um, organized uh, for the benefit of all. And uh, and then I you know saw an opportunity and, and worked at an organization called the uh, um, Ontario Association of Food Banks and so I'd done work across the province working in, in social justice around education and then this was a great one around um, hunger and poverty reduction and so it was um, a small organization working with 120 food banks a across the, the province. 325,000 people eventually 350 and 375,000 people served um, every month. And it was, it was being an entrepreneur. Like that's, you know, mm -hmm. working for a, a nonprofit organization, uh, you have to be incredibly innovative and entrepreneurial or um, have others um, help you be innovative and entrepreneurial. And so we, we um, managed a supply chain of food across the province. We grew it from in and around, I think it was half a million pounds to 8 million pounds of fresh frozen um, and shelf-stable food. Uh, we work with government around um, providing a pathway for a poverty reduction plan, did an analysis on the cost of poverty. Um, and then around 2007, um, the Great Recession hit. And uh, it was the most significant economic downturn of my adult life. Although I, when I was in the UK, we, we arguably were moved not just because of Thatcher, but also because there was a transition going on in the economy. Uh, we were moving uh, from a manufacturing base in the UK to a big transition where British Steel was closing. Where my, my father worked, um, it was uh, a place called Ravens Craig Mill. And so 10,000 people worked at, at that mill. There are no people that work there now. And so a similar transition was taking place in 2007 um, and it had taken place over time. And uh, we were also working on a, a poverty reduction plan with, with Ontario. And it was clear that you couldn't solve the problem of poverty or social justice by feeding your way out of it. Um, although it was a fundamentally necessary thing to do in order to make sure that people have all they can eat and, and food banks do that and are incredibly impactful. Um, and the government in and of itself couldn't tackle the problems that we faced um, with the resources available at their disposal. So you had to change the nature of business and capital. So it was oriented towards good purpose. So getting more investment and money directed towards affordable housing projects, creating businesses that are providing opportunities for 
new Canadians or persons living in poverty or, or people that face disabilities. Um, and also tackling other problems that we face. I mean, climate change was, um, uh, you know, very well apparent, but uh, was skyrocketing in terms of its urgency and level of emergency. And so I wrote a paper on a social stock market in 2007. My background in the capital markets being that I watched the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd <laughs> once when I was 11. Um, but uh, And so I found um, a great group of people that were already doing really interesting work um, in social innovation and, and social enterprise and social finance. Um, and that was led by Social Innovation Generation, which is here at, at Mars, a partnership with other organizations like the McConnell Foundation and Planets to University of Waterloo. And, um, and then also there were other people around the world that were doing it. So they were creating social stock markets and platforms. And, and so they were in London, they were in Singapore, they were um, in the, the continent of Africa and Italy. And so it seemed like it was the right moment to be able to take a bit of a leap. And uh, I was very fortunate to be able to, after having a great experience with the Ontario Association of Food Banks, um, to start working on social enterprise and social finance and the SVX being one of those projects. And so I joined Mars in, in 2010 to focus on that work and had a ton of partners um, who and advisors that, that helped um, the organization grow as well as myself in terms of understanding um, of the capital markets and the opportunities that that, um, that we could create. So, very cool. Um, so there was a lot to dissect there. I think. Um, <laughs> sure. I think first, I think, and I guess it never comes to my mind when I think about food banks that it's an entrepreneurial thing. That right, there was I think you said 125. How many food banks? 120. 120 food banks across Ontario. That's like also like a small medium company. Like that's like. If it was like a chain, right? Like that's like a pretty big operation. Um, could you talk a bit about the management of food banks and also like one kind of like entrepreneurial, um, I guess, problem that you had to kind of solve? I mean, if anything that comes to your mind, because it sounds like a huge challenge. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. So if you think about it, I mean, a, a food bank and a food bank network, it is, it is a business in and of itself. You're running an enterprise. And so... You have large warehouses that are in the tens of thousands of square feet, like the Daily Bread Food Bank here in Toronto. Um, and then you have hamper programs that would run out of the back of a church um, in somewhere like Burks Falls uh, or in Minden, right? So you have, and everything in between. And uh, so there's relationships that need to be built with grocery stores around the collection of food locally um, for food drives. You grew your food, you said? Uh, we did also grow our food. And so that was that was a challenge. So think about, you know, the one of the business challenges we faced is one that the supply of food that comes from food drives is very small as a percentage of what food banks provide. Um, and two is that they would get surplus from the food industry. Um, so that might be on a frozen soup that is close to code might be spoiled soon, but is still fine to eat um, and is, is going to be able to make it. Um, or there might be an error in packaging, right? So in, instead of it saying Cheerios, it says Cheerio, right? And so you just can't put that on the, on the shelf. Um, but, but the food industry is getting really good at fixing those mistakes and making sure that it was able to, to um, decrease its um, you know, diversion. And so because of that, we had to find ways to be able to access new supplies. And so one, we set up purchasing programs to be able to get food at lower cost for food banks and also even start to grow it 
um, and setting up partnerships with farms and farmers and then creating tax credits so that um, when farmers donated, they would get a rebate. As a benefit as well, you have a higher quality, more nutritious product. And, uh, and so when you live in poverty um, and, and that lived experience, you're often you know, forced into high caloric foods that don't necessarily have higher nutritional value. And so if you can get fresh fruits and veggies. And so we even went out and we set up gleaning programs. So at the end of the year, so if you have a cornfield, uh, you run through that cornfield, you're not getting every year. But you can actually send a group of people onto that farm. And uh, we brought um, teams that could collect 5,000 pounds of, of corn in a day. Mm -hmm. 5,000 pounds yeah. in a day? Yeah, you throw that in the back of a truck, you have 50 or 100 people out. And, and so, yeah, that was that was a, an interesting experience. And then you had to find out how you actually distribute all of that mm -hmm. across the province through a variety of partnerships. So it certainly was uh, like like running a business. I think so if I I feel like if I was imagining uh while you were still running this, you know, organization back then, um working with food banks out in the field, you know, like you know organizing people to uh clean these fields, I would not expect that person to I guess like the next day write like a report about social uh, stock fluctuations. You said right, a paper about yeah, social stock market. Yeah, social stock markets. I'm just trying to connect that leap. For example, let's say there was someone there right out there right now who was, I guess, a student or someone younger who was working currently with nonprofits, and they were thinking, okay, um, how do I make that leap to, uh, I guess, social financing? Like, I see that I can make real change in that direction. Could you talk about that, that leap? Sure, yeah. So I think... Um... A part of it was having having an understanding of, and I, I would say this for, for young people, having an understanding of how all of the sectors work, private sector, um, nonprofit and community sector, and government, um, and in whatever role you have, being able to find opportunities to be able to bridge relationships and partnerships within that. We did that at the Ontario Association of Food Banks. We do that here with our work at SPX. We have partnerships with the Toronto Stock Exchange, government of Ontario and Mars. You have a corporate, you have a community, and then you have a, a government partner. And so um, I think uh, leveraging my research background and experience, you know, from, uh, you know, being a liberal arts graduate um, and uh, spending a lot of time on policy work, as I did with the Ontario Association of Food Banks, is we, we wanted to make sure that not only are you addressing the issue of relieving hunger, but you're actually getting to the root of it. And so getting to the root of it uh, was first about research and understanding. And so young people uh, today are incredibly educated and capable and have research um, skills that can allow them to be able to find and source and, and provide solutions to government or to the corporations that they work with um, or the nonprofits um, to, to be able to move forward in ideas. Now, um, so, so that's very possible. You also have to be very patient. And so it, it took... To go from 2007, and when it was an idea, it took three years to be able to make it a government priority uh, to bring the partners together. Um, and then it took another three years to be able to get the financial resources and the registration to be able to set it up. And so uh, in, in 2010, we'd had the feasibility study started, 2011 finished. And, um, and then we brought it to the regulators and said, so the securities regulators, who are great, um, they've, they've um, spent a lot of time trying to understand innovation in the capital markets. 
But in 2011, we said, okay, so we're here with this idea for a nonprofit impact investing online platform. And, and so they said, okay, well, that's going to take a little while to be able to understand. And so, um, we, we did that. We, we went through the process with them to be able to first build out our version one, which launched in 2013, and then eventually our, our second version in, in 2017. And so, um, but, but knowing the kind of research and development process, being patient about it, and then finding those partnerships and, and opportunities with people across sectors made it possible. And then also, I, I, you know, I was able to benefit from the experience and networks of others. And so, um, you know, when, when we meet with folks who are interested in impact investing or social finance, one of the things we, we say is not only build your understanding of the sector, and I, you know, every morning I read my Google feed that gives me an understanding of, of what's happening in impact investing. And I spent a lot of time doing research and understanding and reading background, but also reaching out, building relationships with others that are in that sector of interest for you, whether it's impact investing, whether it's climate change or, or inequality, whatever that happens to be, um, with a genuine interest and then starting to take action on it yourself. And sometimes you have to do it as a side hustle a bit, you know, off the corner of your desk. Um, but that's okay. You know, when, when you're, um, often when you're young, you have that, that energy and resource and capability to do so. And, um, and, and then, you know, being able to attend a variety of, of events, um, that, that, uh, would take place in a particular sector of, of your interests. And then maybe there's some projects that could be possible to be able to work on. Um, you can take the path of an entrepreneur. And that's, that's what, um, uh, I was, was able to do, had the good fortune of, of being able to do, but also being able to do within an organization like Mars. Um, and so there, there are opportunities you can sometimes create like that. For those who don't know what SBX is or what even, I guess, like uh, an impact investing online platform, could you explain that to, to the listeners? Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe let, let's start with impact investing. That might be useful. So when we think about impact investing, it's an investment approach which aims to solve social and environmental challenges while generating some form of financial return, right? So you're thinking about how do you, when you make your investments, whether it's your savings, whether it's your retirement, or if, if you're a wealthy individual, and if you're, um, your, your, your assets or, or if your foundation, the same kind of thing. And so as an example, it might be, how do I invest in a, an enterprise like Lucky Iron Fish, right? So I would, I would make an equity investment um, and then expect over time to get a financial return for that. Um, and we can go through the characteristics of it. Um, but it could also be an investment in a community solar power project. It could be like solar share. So you're providing a loan effectively to an organization like SolarShare to be able to build projects across Ontario, and they provide a percentage on an annual basis, and then you get your money back at the end of a term. Um, or it could be a private equity fund. Um, it could be investing in a in a bank, um, you know, a term deposit where uh, they're financing local affordable housing projects or local businesses. But in all those cases, you have intention to do good. Um, you have a measurement that is is provided around the impact that's achieved. You often have scale that's improving at a deep level in a, um, a neighborhood or a, a population, um, or uh, globally, you're having a big impact. Um, and uh, and then obviously you're you're having a financial return associated with it. And so what we do as as SVX, so SVX is an impact investing platform. It's designed to be able to support and connect 
impact ventures, funds, organizations, and investors that are looking for that impact alongside uh, the potential for financial return. And so we really do two things. One is we help organizations, funds, and enterprises that are seeking capital uh, raise money so they can focus on their business. So provide education and workshops, build their um, you know, uh, financial models and their, their campaigns um, to be able to, to raise capital, go out. They can use our platform to be able to collect investments and build the relationships online and offline with our network. And then we can have them manage that over time. And so lots of, of companies and, and funds we work with like like Ironfish or, or SolarShare, Investico, um, whole variety of them, First Nations Bank of Canada. We could talk about some of those examples later. On the other side, we help investors. They're looking to find and make good impact investments. So if you are a, a foundation or if you're an individual or if you're an institution, it's looking for these opportunities to be able to match with your values, then you can um, get educated uh, using our services. Um, we can provide a bit of advisory support and you can go on the platform and search for opportunities that meet your interest and you can make investments and then manage those online. And so uh, we find that to be a useful support as that single access point for folks looking for clean tech or health or education or food or inclusion focused um, enterprises. And we're a financial services firm though. So we're registered as something called an exempt market dealer. Um, and so that's just a category uh, to be able to make sure that what we're doing um, with investors and with um, companies that we work with is done in a way that's safe, um, but is also as efficient as possible. Um, and we're organized as a nonprofit and it's a partnership as I said before. So uh, it's a collaboration primarily with three key partners. So the TMX group, the Toronto Stock Exchange, which is our, our, um, our big financial institution partner, uh, and then Mars, as well as the government of Ontario that helped pull that together. So essentially, from what I'm understanding is you match investors with, um, I guess, these opportunities usually with a social venture. That's right. Exactly. So it's like the Tinder of like impact <laughs> investing. Is that like, how does it look online? Well, so we would describe it, I mean, probably eHarmony used to be the way we were thinking about <laughs> long-term mutually beneficial relationships where um, impact and money are exchanged for significant long-term value. Yes. But, um, but so, so how it works, if, if you were to go online, svx.ca, uh, you would be able to see a range of opportunities and um, if one was a particular fit for you, you could actually um, read more about it, look at the offering materials or the background on that investment opportunity. And uh, if you liked it, you could go and um, you could fill out your information uh, in terms of your profile. And then, um, you know, there are requests to make the investment. You'd fill out the um, documents or subscription agreement online. And then we would um, be able to process that through your, your bank account. So we can process that through something called VersaPay. Uh, which is an online kind of transaction tool. But it's not just about the website. It's this range and, and kind of spectrum of services. Mm -hmm. We can help those people that invest or those people that are entrepreneurs walk through the point of being interested or active or engaged to the point of having a happy long-term relationship with their money um, and, uh, and and having having a good impact. So the website is one component, but um, there's there's a lot more to it. So talking about these components, could you talk about, about what the collaboration with the Toronto Stock Exchange as well as the uh, Ontario government, like it's not just like, from my understanding, it doesn't seem like it's just a, um, like, oh, you're able to do this. We'll give you permission. It's not like a regulation thing. There's like a very deeper connection, right? Like a collaboration. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a deep relationship with uh, with each of those partners for almost uh, yeah ten years, ten years or more. And so the Toronto Stock Exchange, I mean, we'll start with them. So they provided financial resources, talent, um, you know, communications and branding and space. So this holistic suite of services, advice, and support where they provided education to allow us to be able to get to the point where we are. And so as an example, uh, we had to create something called um, a review committee, which is like a listings committee for a stock exchange. And so they provided us with the tools, templates, documents, and the process to be able to work that through to make sure that we have the right kinds of companies and investment opportunities on, on the platform. Also connected us with legal counsel that helped us complete our registration in, in both uh, 2013 as well as 2017. Also, we, we've uh, been hosted by the TMX for a bunch of market opens. So, you know, we get to ring the bell mm -hmm. uh, with the companies. Um, That's at, exciting. Yeah, to open the market. It's it's great. And so they are helping to celebrate and recognize impact investing as a category um, and an approach um, in investing, which is, is viable and valuable. And so you have all these things. And then, you know, on our board, we have a uh, representative um, that is uh, from the, the TMX and people like, uh, you know, Rob Peterman and, and Kevin Doyle that have been with us, you know, since the very beginning. And so they've been cheerleaders, coaches, advisors, uh, everything uh, under the sun. So when you think about it, like, you know, for a company like Facebook or Amazon, they have their cohort or, or cabal of experts. Mm -hmm. We've got people that are just as legit and awesome <laughs> as that. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's TMX. And then, you know, Government of Ontario. So they provided the first seed capital to be able to start SVX. So it was first a policy priority uh, identified in 2008 uh, by the government and then provided the financial resources to support it. And then we've been integrated into Ontario's social enterprise strategy alongside getting financial support or resources for them. Uh, and they've also participated in our, our strategy too. So I think, and they, they built out this infrastructure across Ontario, uh, which has been almost second to none in terms of a, a government that's been involved and engaged in building a social enterprise and, and social finance landscape. And so that uh, has inspired others. You know, Canada is now going to have a, a social finance strategy um, and they've invested 800 plus million dollars over a 10-year period uh, towards a fund um, and an investment readiness fund to, to support the work. So been crucial to, to, to our success. And then you bring in Mars as well, which has um, provided space, expertise, financial um, management uh, support and, and, and resources, um, and a community of, of entrepreneurs uh, that have uh, helped to inspire and, and, and to, to bring into to our network. So it's been a a great collaboration uh, with those partners from kind of across those different sectors. I think one when when you say you know impact investing or social financing, I think for the pessimist, one of the first things that come to their mind is oh, it's generally like riskier. It's you know, there's probably less returns like uh, on the investment. What do you have to say to those kind of like pes like that kind of misconception maybe? Yeah, so it's a great question. So I think one is the the data does not align with that particular viewpoint. So financial return for impact investments, whether it's from the Global Impact Investing Network, uh, the vast majority, I think it's 95 to 97% of investors would say that the financial returns for investments are meeting or exceeding their expectations. When you look at the public markets, whether it's uh, Morningstar or BlackRock, 
um, or MSCI, so some of the, the bigger players, mm -hmm. that they are demonstrating with data that uh, the financial return of sustainable and impact investments, again, is at or exceeds uh, the return of so-called mainstream investments. And, uh, and when you think about it in terms of the... Um, you know, the, the need and opportunity, whether it's around the transition to a low carbon economy or whether we're thinking about providing homes for people that, that need it, that the, um, the need and the opportunity for this, this capital is definitely there. And again, there's also the moral imperative not to. So there's there's the fact that this delivers good financial returns alongside impact, but we need to move our economy and our capital so it is oriented towards good purpose or we're not going to be able to tackle the problems that we face like the the pending crisis um, of climate change in the next 10 to 12 years and so if we don't invest in green bonds and clean energy infrastructure or if we're not providing um, support and financing and business opportunity for um, issues around inequality then we're facing a vanguard of populism uh, around the world mm -hmm. um, that is incredibly challenging and difficult because we're not um, recognizing that you have to be able to provide supports, businesses, opportunities, um, and access uh, for for everyone. And and so I think there's there's a there's a moral imperative which then becomes an economic imperative too. So let's say that Postico Chronicles, we made enough profit, like a, like a good bundle of money that we wanted to invest, and we took it to SVX and went on the web website, registered. Um, could you talk a bit about what that would look like? I guess what our money would go to, what causes, um, what could it possibly be benefiting, and then I guess like from that journey to like when we get the money back and the returns. What, what you said, the first nations bank, you also said like multiple other kind of startups or ventures. Can you talk about, about that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So me, I mean, I guess the first question I would ask is what kind of impact you want to have, right? So whether it's climate change or food or um, social inclusion, we always want to make sure we have a good understanding of, of what people want to do with their money in terms of impact. So what, Tell me for, I mean, I'm turning the, the interview around here. So, but then I talk about examples, but where would you want to have impact? Like what, um, what would you want to see? So, I mean, I guess, um, the one that I remember you saying was, uh, the first, there was a, a connection with the, or a collaboration with the first nations bank. Let's say I wanted to, you know, put my money to, um, for the cause of indigenous issues in Canada. So, so first nations bank of Canada, it's an outstanding example. So you would be able to. Um, go online and identify, you know, that as a particular area of interest. And then we'd walk you through the paperwork and process to be able to make that kind of investment. And uh, you'd likely have an opportunity as well to meet or connect with on the phone, at least uh, with uh, kind of the management team for First Nations Bank. Really? We try to make sure that particularly for, um, it might be a webinar, it might be an in-person event, or it might be a phone call. 
that if there is an opportunity for a bridge that we could create with the companies and their investors, and that's a good one. And, and when we think about it from the perspective of the First Nations Bank of Canada, as an example, mm-hmm. knowing who their shareholders are is particularly important. Right. And so there's, when you think about, again, the match, there always has to be the right kind of fit with an investor and an entrepreneur. And, uh, and so uh, we may look to, to be able to, to make that connection in a variety of different ways. And then once you made that investment, um, then you would get your reports on a regular basis from an organization or a company like the First Nations Bank. And uh, you'd be able to see the impact that, that is taking place over time. And so for them, it's about growing the number of branch locations across the country, uh, providing the ability for people to access something as simple as a bank that many take for granted um, is something that uh, not everyone has access to. And, and I mean, not to tell a story, but always useful to tell stories. The the CEO of the bank, in terms of the impact, told us a really interesting story when it went up to Baker Lake, so Baker Lake in, in northern Canada, for a bank, a branch opening. And he was at the hotel, and, and he was talking to the, 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 the clerk at the front desk, and he wanted to ask a question. So what does it mean to have a bank? And he thought, well, they're going to say that's nice. But the clerk kind of got a little misty-eyed, and as a banker, he doesn't see people misty-eyed unless they're not getting a loan mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or otherwise. Yeah. But, um, but she said, well, you know what? It's changing my life because I um, separated from my partner for a variety of reasons, and uh, we have a little one, and um, he always sends me his, his check, his, his payment to be able to support the family. He's always on time. But he lives in a community where it takes a week for that check to be able to come from. And then it takes me a week to be able to go deposit that check in another location because I don't have a bank here. And so she could immediately put that money into her account and then put food on the table for her kids and her family. And so that is you know, a life-changing experience for one person. And those are some of the, the, the stories they're able to tell um, when they expand their, their locations across the, the country. And so, and you're, you know, seeing that in thousands, right? So 13,000 goes to, to many more and many more, more locations across the country, along with the businesses that they're financing and, and the asset that's being created for um, the First Nations uh, communities uh, across the country. How does SVX measure success for, I guess, the investors and the ventures? Great question. So we measure success based on the capital that we raise, also based on the number of issuers and enterprises that we work with, the impact that is delivered by each of them, and we try to figure out how to align that with the sustainable development goals, the, the 17 SDGs. Um, and, uh, and then it's also about the satisfaction um, with our services of, of the investors and entrepreneurs that we work with. And so, so those are some of the kind of metrics of success that we have. So capital, community, um, and uh, an impact. And then for us as well, we want to make sure that as a social enterprise, we're a going concern. So we also track our, our revenues, make sure we're doing really well there. And um, also in the kind of relationships and partnerships we build across the country. And and uh, we've been able to create really great relationships in in Quebec and, and BC and, and uh, in Ontario, and then also in other countries. So we've, we've shared our model as well in the U.S. and in Mexico, and we're exploring other places to do that as well. And so I think a bit of the ecosystem effect 
um, is, is also a part of, of how we see and, and measure success. Could you talk a bit about what the competition is like in this market? Like, does that affect you at all? How does that affect SVX um, when, let's say, a company like Simple does have an algorithm that uh, helps them guide where they money they put their money? Great question. So we want competition. We want as many people <laughs> as possible, financial institutions, organizations, and enterprises like Simple to be able to engage in impact investing. Our vision is a world where all investments are impact investments. And so I would say that the landscape is so open at the moment that we're we're not, um, you know, in terms of, of competitors that come into the market, that we're excited about it. I think that's that's a net positive thing. And um, But we're always, you know, mindful of making sure that we're delivering the best possible services and supports for those investors and issuers or companies that we work with. And so we're, we're seeking to be able to grow our impact and our operations over time. I think what we would like to see more of is some of the big financial institutions being involved in impact investing, putting it um, in their uh, advisors' hands, having conversations with their clients about how they may engage in impact investing, creating products and strategies. I think we deal a lot in private investment opportunities. When I think the public markets, so where the vast majority of capital is, and where a lot of people are making investments with their retirement savings, if we can see growth there. And so there are folks like Desjardins and Van City that have done outstanding work and continue to grow. We love to see that the big five banks um, really take a lead. And if not, it will be the folks like Well Simple that are creating incredible momentum and are, are moving into more responsible investing. It's certainly visible by their, their marketing. And uh, increasingly, it would seem also from also the, the business activities they, they engage in. So I think we're, we're hopeful about that. Let's talk about SVX and the next couple of years. Like, what's the vision? Like, if, like, let's say you could talk to five years from now, uh, Adam, right? Like, what would you like to, you know, what would you like him to tell you about like that SVX has done this? Great question. So I think, you know, sticking back to the, the vision. So we want to be on our path to a world where all all investments are impact investments. So we'd love to see in the ecosystem, big banks that are playing a role and being active and engaged and leading and having impact investing as, as a priority. I think as well, if Simple was an impact investing platform, that would be great. Uh, for us, you know, I think we would want to uh, be um, active and engaged and have dozens of, of issuers um, across the country that are having a, a positive impact in terms of changing their communities, um, you know, that uh, they would have helped to change the energy mix for, for more renewables across the country and providing uh, opportunities for, for people uh, for, for employment. And so... I think those are those are aspirational activities on a on a business basis. You know, we're we're looking to grow a whole variety of, of funds across the country where people can invest where they live. I think that's uh, that would be a big component of what we we would want to do. Um, in addition to that, uh, seeing more activity engagement for ourselves in the public markets, and so uh, we have great relationships with the TSX and we have other portfolio manager partnerships and we'd see ones with financial institutions as well to be able to create those bridges and also sharing our model in other countries so we're we're active in in the u.s and, and in mexico 
and uh, and then we see opportunities in Latin America as well. And so having connectivity with um, with what happens in other places. And so there's kind of borderless impact or impact investing. I think that would be ideal. And um, and then that you know when people go to school, and this is again an ecosystem that they would have a path that um, when you go from either finance or geography that, that um, you know, your life would be touched or you could find a career path that, that goes into impact investing. Um, and it would be, you know, not a, not a route where you're going from skilled trades or um, into poverty reduction, but you could find the, the path as you like, either there or into impact investing directly. So I think that would be, that would be great. Um, well, thank you so much for you know inviting us to your office and Mars Building, and taking the time for uh, to be on our show. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking with you. A pleasure to chat. Also, uh, usually at the end, uh, we give like our uh, our guests like a plug. If there's anything you want to say to listeners in general or whatever. So, I mean, I think what I, what I would say to investors or listeners in general, obviously, is if, if you're interested, take a look at the SVX. But I think the next time you're at your bank, the next time that you're talking to your parents about finances or your friends, um, tell them to ask their banker about impact investment opportunities. Because if we have a dozen, a hundred, a thousand, a million people asking their, their bank about their investments and what it does at night, then hopefully we'll, we'll create a bit of, of interest and momentum. And the last question, well, why aren't we doing something? Because people want it. They want to match their money with their values. So that's one plug I would say. Postal Chronicles is hosted and produced by me, Matt Falk. Our staff includes Alice Coombs, Kasun Medegadara, and Rostislav Soroka. Special thanks to Marco Falk for this episode. Our main theme song is called Last Energy for the Day by Loyalty Freak Music, and there are other music credits on our website. If you liked what you heard, give us a rating, share us, follow us on our social medias. We love hearing back from you, and thank you so much for listening today. We will see you soon.